Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the final installment of the Major Spoilers Crisis on Infinite Podcasts, Earth 29, Our Favorite Movies. I think you're going to dig this one. Yep. All right. So one of the things I wanted to talk about in this uh, after show, I thought it might be fun to talk about, and it'll be part of our... um, Crisis on Infinite podcast, which people who are listening now know what the Crisis on Infinite podcast is all about. It's what we're doing right now. So, Rodrigo, gotta go? Nope. Okay. One of the things I wanted to know is what movies do you guys, top ten movies, do you guys, they're not the top ten greatest movies of all time. I'm not asking you to say, tell me what the best movies of all time were, because I right. figured we'd all pick The Searchers and Citizen Kane and and uh, Debbie Does Dallas. And, <laughs> you know, I, I figured those would all Debbie be on the list. Debbie Does Dallas, Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> That's basically every Saturday night for me. The, the 39 Steps and Come on Her Glasses, Volume 54, <laughs> I believe. But I really wanted to know what movies, and this is maybe some people can kind of learn more about us through this question. What movies, if they are on... TV, or if you're bored and you just want to watch a movie, or if you stumble across it, that you will stop what you're doing and just sit down and watch it no matter what. And there are a few on my list that my wife sees it on the TiVo listing, and she's hoping to God that I spin past it, because otherwise she knows I'm going to sit down and just leave it on that channel and just watch that movie until it's over, even though we've seen it a million times. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to know what what your guys' list were. Do you guys have 10? Do you have 10, Rodrigo? Yeah, I, I jotted 10 down. Do you have um, 10, Matthew? Right now I have five, but I think I can have 10 by the time you guys stop talking. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> why don't we just go through real quick and, and uh, start all of our number 10s and work our way up. But you may not have yours ranked or anything. Yeah, I didn't have them ranked, but oh, okay. I can just go from the top or the bottom. I'm going to start at the bottom on mine. Uh, the number 10 movie, and this is the one that my wife hopes that I never see on the TiVo listing, The Big Lebowski. Ooh. Which is, I just, the I don't know what it is up. about the dude and abiding by the dude, but the dude tells me to watch that movie every single time. Hey, man, there's a beverage it. over here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, and I'd love to live that lifestyle. Of course, it's never going to happen, but, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of a great Which take on Which is probably a, for the best, really, if you think about a, it. I think it's a great take on kind of a detective movie, yeah. which is really what it is. It's a detective movie, and it's just a, a totally different take on that. I love The Big Lebowski. Yeah. What's um, on? Bottom, uh, well, I mean, not, I, didn't, I didn't take the time to rank these, but for me, um, The Matrix... Is you know is the, the action movie of my generation? I right. feel um, it's just you know the 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 whole like you know oh man this movie's messing with my mind because I'm in high school you know kind of thing. Um, I really liked it. Uh, you know the action is great. It took what a lot of other movies were doing. You know, kind of Art of War and right. all that stuff, and really finally polished those effects and everything that we're seeing nowadays was you know siphoned through the matrix and just absolutely every effect that you see on an action movie nowadays it can you can trace it back to the matrix matthew well the first one on my list is the one that i cannot not watch even when it's on tbs and it's butchered beyond belief and it's it's even a little embarrassing to watch it now but heavy metal smiles heavy metal okay heavy metal that's heavy metal yeah that is just, I mean, it's too too stylized, too 
awesome to turn away. And even at those moments where you're like, gratuitous boobies, I'm not 14 anymore. It's just, you look at it and you, you, my mind takes it apart. It's like, you know, how did they animate that? Or, you know, what are they doing here? Who's doing that voice technique? Yeah. And, and then you get to the point where the zombies are on the B-17. Yeah. And scares, I'm 37 years old and it scares, scares the, the crap shit out of, out of me every time. Yeah. Every single time. Num- number nine on my list, Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. I saw this. My dad rented it for me. I don't know what he was doing. He, I guess it was when uh, we had the video rental subscription up in Kansas City, and he had to take three movies as part of the deal. He always had to rent three movies. Mm-hmm. And so he brought home this movie, Buckaroo Banzai, and just kind of like, here, watch this. And I don't remember how old I was, nine or ten or something like that. And I just was like, this is so freaking awesome. <laughs> and it's it's... I think people have rated it as one of the worst movies of all time, but it is one that I just love. The red electroids versus the black electroids shooting it out. Uh, you know, John Big Booty, J- all the John, all the John names, John Smallberries, John Big Booty, John, John, John Johns, oh, John Dingleberry. Yes, and it's just so great. I mean, in the whole this whole. Hong Kong Cavaliers, I think it was about the same time that I was getting getting into Doc Savage. And mm-hmm. so I could see this real correlation between what Buckaroo Banzai was doing and an homage to the pulp team yeah, tale. Kind of yeah, from, scientist yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. That, that, I just, I gotta watch that every time. I can't wait till they come out with a high-def version of that. Um, yeah. Next on my list is uh, actually... Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, Bogus Journey, not yeah, excellent adventure. Not excellent adventure. Um, bogus Journey's good though. It Bogus Journey is so incredibly absurd. It's you know, I, I think uh, one of the things that I like about say watching a a Quentin Tarantino movie for the first time or um, a, a lot of other movies, even Spike Lee or something like that, is that you do not know what's going to happen next. And the yeah. first time around watching Bogus Journey, I did not expect them to die. <laughs> I did not expect them to come back from the dead. I did not expect to meet Einstein. You know, it's just like... And you didn't expect that great song, God gave rock I did not expect to Kiss you. to save the world. <laughs> it's just... Everything is so incredibly weird and absurd, and you have these two <laughs> lovable idiots to guide you through the whole thing. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. Pretty, that's a pretty head trippy uh, adventure it that is. they go on. I gotta say, it, mo- I, I like the first one much better than than the second one, though. But the second one has that great moment where they're introducing their band, ladies and gentlemen, the good robot usses. Yeah. <laughs> good robot usses. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> What's next on your list, Matthew? Next on my list is a – this is my WTF, and knowing what I like – All of these my, are WTF. <laughs> you know my WTF is going to be a WTF, the perfect superhero movie, the one movie to really capture the origin, the background, the powers, to put the character in a unique and a realistic world and take the character to its logical extreme, give us the superhero experience without having it be pow, biff, sock, you know – the, the over-the-top comics. So, to me, the perfect comic book superhero experience is Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang! <laughs> Pootie Tang. You have to sit it's down and watch time. that every time. <laughs> if you ever watch Pootie Tang, Pootie Tang was too cool for words, man. Sadate. I'm going to run your pity on the run Exactly. And the whole movie, the, the, the whole movie is just this beautiful... 
it, it's a synthesis of everything that is trash. It's black exploitation movies. It's you know, it's porn. It's comic books. It's essentially yeah. McDonald's in movie form. And you, you get the character's origin, and he has his pappy's belt, and it gives him his superpowers, and it's so awesome. And he, his we, his kryptonite is women, yeah. especially fat-ass white women. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, it, it's so awesome and so wonderful. And, of course, David Cross is in it. Yeah. The moment yeah. where the evil villain has set up David Cross, and David Cross comes up to the mic, and in that David Cross voice goes, yes, I am Pootie. <laughs> just... <laughs> Oh, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew, Love Matthew. that movie. Although, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it would fall somewhere on my past number 10 list because there's a bunch of good ones on it that never made my list that I was <laughs> mm-hmm. just like, ooh, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing. Is that any better than oh, yeah. Big Lebowski? Ah, yeah. you know. Uh, number, uh, number, eight, number eight on my list, Karate Kid. Wax on wax. I remember seeing this. Uh, I was one of the... F- early times that I was old enough to where my parents would let me go to the movie by myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing in line and a bunch of my high school friends, uh, or not high school, because we were in middle school, must have been middle school when that movie came out. Um, but they were behind me and they were like, oh yeah, let's all go in together and see this. And they cut the line right behind us. And they're like, you guys are the last, you guys better get in and find a seat because the movie's beginning in just a couple minutes. And we were all like right in the front row. And then Elizabeth Shue comes on wearing a tight sweater. And I was like, this movie is so good. You know, 20-foot screen in front of you has tall and Elizabeth Shue breasts. Uh, but, you know, the whole, you know. Were, were they really shaped like shoes? Oh, no. They were much more like They were shaped fuzzy. like bazookas. <laughs> But beyond that, I just thought it was such a great story of here's this underdog character that comes back and beats everybody. And it's such a an 80s type movie. Yeah. Is uh, that the one that has... the best. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're the best. <laughs> Nothing's ever going to take you down. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like... Sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep the leg. <laughs> it's like working out to the safety dance. And then it just everything went down after that. <laughs> <laughs> you can dance if you want to. All right. Leave your um, friends behind. behind. I actually have a surprising number of musicals in mind, but here's the thing: best musical that I've ever seen, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and yes. Uncut. <laughs> actually, that is. You know, that's that would that was going to be my number twelve on the list mm-hmm. because it's another one that every time it comes on, I will sit and watch it just for the music alone. Every song in it, every last song is just absolute genius. It's catchy. Yes, it is. It's telling you something. It fits the show. I mean, it's a there, direct ripoff of, of all Disney movies. There, there are a lot of great musicals out there. That, you know, yeah. that are actual, you know, straight up serious musicals. Right. And half the time, the songs don't even fit in. They're just cool songs that somebody came up with. All mm-hmm. of these songs advance the plot somehow. Yep. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. It's just so well put together, and it's hilarious. Unfortunately, every day that goes by, it dates it because you know yeah, the thing about the, South Park is it's so yeah. current. Yeah. Um, well, but you know, I, we were watching on an HBO the other night, and I still sat there. And, okay, the Saddam Hussein stuff still sticks because he is he is dead, dead now. Yeah. You know, so it still oh. works. But you know, in another twenty years, people may not know who really Saddam Hussein is. Yeah, he may just won't. be a footnote in history. But you know, the whole homosexuality between him and Satan, and yeah. Satan's great up there where the stars oh, yeah. are blue. And <laughs> I just, you're right. That's such a great. 
That's such a great uh, piece. You know, the whole opening musical number is a direct ripoff from Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. where Belle is going through her provincial town. Right. And then they're just totally mocking that in the opening for uh, oh, absolutely. South Absolutely. It's like, it makes fun of everyone. And then, you know, th- there's that the, that whole thing that if you are offended and upset about the South Park movie, you didn't get it. Exactly. Yeah. Matthew, on t- your list? The thing about the South Park movie, it takes that moment where... The little metatextual reference of Kenny dying every episode becomes part of the plot. Right. Yeah. Right. Kenny dying is important to the story. <laughs> Chef, That's... can you help me find the clitoris? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> well, my my next one on the list, and mine is in no particular order. Sure, sure. Um, but at some point, you knew, and I'm probably stepping on somebody's toes down the line, but we had to touch on the Holy Trilogy. And to me, one of the movies that I cannot not watch, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, you know, I have a real, I don't know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the time that you first saw that movie and there's some memory that sticks in your head about what makes that a better movie than an, than another movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Empire's not on my list, although I think it is a very good movie. Empire sticks with me for a couple of very strong images, the point where... Luke is in the tree, and he's fighting Vader, and he, he knocks Vader's head off in a rage, and he basically oh, yeah. mm-hmm. he abuses his power, and then you see Vader's helmet open, and it's his own face in that right. little horror, that dream sequence. Man, I had nightmares about that when I was 10, 12 years old. Oh, yeah. That was an awesome sequence. And the moment where Yoda lifts the X-Wing out of the swamp with mm-hmm. his hand, mm-hmm. that's the first point where they really show and they that's the point where the force becomes more than just something cute that luke uses when he's you know trying to shoot the right. little tiny womp rats yeah but yeah i'm t i was i was t60 and on a bullseye and womp rats. there is no try. you kill small animals that's the first sign of a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it yeah. has that and dante dante says it best in clerks when he says it's a series of down endings yeah em- empire well, is, empire so is dark- certainly so down i mean that's mm-hmm. a dark dark movie yeah and the point you know you where han solo finally admits i love you i know that is just awesome yeah, yeah. I, is- I think the thing that i guess tarnishes this movie for me and doesn't make me always want to sit down and, and watch it is because it's so shiny Everything about this movie is shiny. Everything is all slick and it's hard to describe. But if you look at it and you compare it to, say, A New Hope. Yeah, everything's a lot Everything's dirtier. just like shiny in, that, yeah. in, in this movie. And, and that's why I don't, don't have it on my list. Although I would agree that it's a, that mm-hmm. it's a good one. Do you remember the, where you were when you first saw Empire Strikes Back? I was in the Main Street Theater in Beloit, Kansas. Very small theater. Maybe 17, 18 seats. I don't know. I remember it was one of the first movies my dad, it was just a dad and, and son movie. He was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to go up to Lawrence and we'll watch Empire Strikes Back? I was like, okay. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah for, when did it come out? 1982. It was right before, yeah, it had to have been right around 1980, 80, I, 82. I, I, no, I imagine. 80. It was yeah, 80. 80. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it came out right before Raiders of Lost Ark. Right. The, then 83 I, was Empire, or right, Jedi. Right. Then I imagine the first time I saw it was probably on my dad's lap while he was watching <laughs> El Imperio Contrataca. <laughs> Luke Skywalker, tú eres un Jedi hoy. No! No! ¿Por qué? Es imposible! 
Manejar la fuerza, Luke. Manejar la fuerza. Oh, man. Oh, we love having Rodrigo on this show. <laughs> I know, man. It gives us a perspective. It's cool. Number seven on my list is probably, I don't know if it's the only really serious movie or not, but Chinatown. Ooh, mm, I Chinatown. love that. Again, I have something for detective stories. I, and yeah. I, I have something for noir. Ooh. And I have, and I have, I really like Chinatown as a, as a tale. And I see Rodrigo's writing is probably writing down singing detective. Yes. <laughs> it's just another musical. Uh, kind of, but it's something about what Polanski was doing and, and Jack's portrayal and the whole idea of, and I don't think that incest is cool, but it's this idea of here's yeah. incest in this story and it's treated very mm-hmm. much like, there you go. And it's so different from, say, Maltese Falcon. Right. Uh, but it's certainly something that leads up to um, uh, the Black Dahlia uh, movie or what was the one right before that where it was the... Um, no, no, no. L.A. Uh, Confid- LA Co- Confidential. Co- you know, it, that kind of set the tone for every detective movie after whatever, 1972 or whatever year Chinatown came out. 70, 73, I believe. 73. So, I mean, I I just love watching this. And, and I had it on the TiVo, and I forgot to say, keep, uh, it. keep until I delete. And it, so it had the big yellow exclamation point for the longest time because I'd got it in HD off of... Uh, HBO HD or Showtime HD, and it was gone one day, and I was literally crushed. I was like, oh, I can't believe the HD version of Chinatown is gone, even though I have it on DVD downstairs and can put it up on the any time. But it was on again this past week, and I said, i got to save it, and i got to make sure it doesn't delete. Chinatown, yeah. totally excellent movie. The thing about that movie that always kind of fascinated me, and again, I'm the backstory, who made it and why kind of guy, is supposedly the whole story about... She ended up being raised, or her daughter ended up being raised as her sister. Apparently, Jack Nicholson was actually raised with his mother by his grandparents, who he thought was were his parents. Oh, okay. Wow. So that portion of the story, I don't know if it was intentional on the producer's part or not, but that part of the story actually mirrors Jack's life. In Interesting. That he, as he, when he grew older, he found out that the woman he knew as his sister was actually his biological mother. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, the, the more you know. Well, the, the the thing that I, you know, I ended up crossing out one of my other movies, and I'm not even going to say which one it was because people might yell at me. But um, I, I wrote in Maltese Falcon because I freaking love that movie. It is a good movie. I, you know, I, I'm i the kind of the person who, you know, I appreciate the classics and stuff like that, but I never sit down to watch Casablanca. Right. I never sit down to even watch, like, Gone with the Wind or anything like that, you know. Citizen Kane, great movies. I've seen them. I never want to watch them again. Maltese Falcon, I will sit down and watch that again. In fact, I have the book. It's actually probably one of the few books that I've read twice. Oh, really? Is yeah. it good? Is it better than the book? Because, you know, uh, Dashiell Hammett, he, he's so much more colorful. You know, if you were uh, watch, uh, what is it, Key Largo, I think, is another one of his, mm-hmm. his uh, yeah. mo- books that was turned into a movie. It just doesn't make sense. But if you read the book, then it's like, Wow. Maltese Falcon, the book, um, I read it in like two sittings and I did it in college at a time where I wasn't reading crap. I was just doing whatever I wanted and basically phoning in all my classes. Right. And I got that one as a reading assignment. I was like, oh, well, let's see what it's about. (laughs) And then, you know, it was over. Yeah. It was just a great read. Yeah. Matthew? Am I up? You're up. Is it time for my new one? Yep. Okay. 
Well, mine's actually a lot more modern than either of yours, but and I'm, I know I'm going to get flack about this because this is a movie that polarized everybody. But when my wife and I went to see it, I walked into the theater going, <laughs> walked out genuinely moved and you know terrified and disturbed by the Blair Witch Project. Huh. Oh yeah, I actually have thing- never seen it all the way through. The thing about it that really sold it for me was so much of it was improvised, but it was improvised in the good way, where they were actually talking like people talk. It wasn't right. improvised in the, hey, uh, you give me a setting and we'll be, okay, yeah. barbershop. It was, I mean, oh my God, he's done. got a knife, he's got a kiss. Right. Mom, this might be the last and time And so much of me. that story was left <laughs> up to your imagination. One of the things that pisses me off more than anything is when you read an adaptation of a book and the character is wrong. Every time I read a comic book adaptation or even see the movie of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I can't get into it because Ford Prefect is wrong. Ford Prefect is wrong. And when I went through the Blair Witch Project, it's all in my head. So Mm -hmm. if there is a witch, you know, it's my contribution to the story mm-hmm. i created the horror i created the witch and in that final sequence where they walk down the stairs and they see mike standing in the corner and yeah. it's a reference to a throwaway line of dialogue in the first five minutes of the film and my brain which you know squirrels shit like that away immediately goes oh my god oh my god oh my god and then the camera falls and we're done yeah that i mean that moment i walked out of that movie with my heart pounding like oh my god my wife was nauseated. I haven't seen that um, movie in forever. But if it comes on, I will sit and I will watch. I watched that thing at 2.45 a.m. on a Sunday once because it was on and I was on the couch. Number six on my list. I have so many different versions of this movie. And Did you say virgins? Yeah, yeah, virgins. It's really appropriate for this movie. Number six on my list, Boogie Nights. Mm. everybody just hates this movie for some reason i love it because here's the problem everybody that i've ever been around who's watched this movie with me goes oh that's just a movie about porn and naked people and some guy with a big dick and i'm like no it's a story about family and dysfunctional families or dysfunctional people finding their way to create a family and something that makes Mm -hmm. sense in their world and And I'm just, it's such a beautiful story. It's so well shot. It's, the music is perfect for it. It touches on the whole vibe of that time period. And I've seen, I've got Wonderland, okay? I've seen, um, uh, what's the, what's Boogie Nights based on? What was his, what was his real name? There was another version. John Holmes. John Holmes. There was another version that was done uh, prior to Boogie Nights by the same guy. It was like his college project. Has a lot of the same actors in it. Totally I think it was called Wad, wasn't it? Maybe Wad, that's it. I, I think so. I've got that one too. Um, and then I just saw another one called Rated X about the uh, what is it? The Michael Brothers, uh, mm-hmm. the guys that did Behind the Green Door. <clears throat> None of those movies that really touch on on the porn industry done in a mainstream fashion, I think, have ever captured the brilliance of what this movie is about in the time period and what's going on than Boogie Nights. Oh, absolutely. I I I freaking love Boogie Nights and. I remember the first time I watched it, and that was actually very recently. You know, people had recommended it, and I just never gotten around to it. I couldn't stop thinking about it for yeah. like a couple days. Yeah, like just everything that happens. Every character gets a moment. Every character gets a change, a shift. Mm-hmm. You know, every character grows and changes within that movie. Mm-hmm. And there's like, 
there's probably a good 10 characters in it. Oh, yeah. Well, there's this brilliant scene that as soon as I saw it and I saw what was going on, I was like, this is a brilliant piece of storytelling is when Dirk Diggler is in the car and he's waiting to be picked up. And, you know, he's going to jerk off for this guy and these guys come up and they beat him up. But at the same time, it's being intercut with Roller Girl and the Burt Reynolds character trying to make a different type of mm-hmm. porn movie that's not film that's making this transition of video. And it falls to crap. And at the same time, uh, not Don, is his name Don, Don Amici? No, what's Don it? Cheadle. Don, 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 Don Cheadle. Cheadle. His character... Uh, you know, they're coming back from this failed bank interview and they go into this uh, donut shop in the morning and it gets robbed. And just the whole way that all of these stories are interconnecting and they're only within a few blocks of each other mm-hmm. to the point where after Dirk Diggler gets beat up and the truck's driving away, it passes the limo, mm-hmm. which then passes the donut shop. And it's just like, wow, you know, it's like. It's just one of those, to me, one of those great movies that I'll just sit down again and again and again and watch, and maybe even three times in a row. That movie is a good example to me of how, why not to take yourself too seriously. True. Because these characters start out in their own little empires, and Dirk especially becomes ridiculously famous within his particular circle, and he becomes, you know... Uh, uh, this minor star and then it all falls apart and he spends the whole movie trying to claw his way back to being mm-hmm. yeah. even that a minor tiny level of beautiful star a big beautiful, star, a yeah. big, beautiful yeah. star and throughout it all of the characters are just they're fighting to be what they want to be right and the universe is not gonna let them and it fucks with them on every turn literally and figuratively right every turn and it's just i mean it's it's powerful and it's horrifying and you feel bad even for you know the the burt reynolds character even when dr octopus starts freaking out you feel <laughs> you feel bad for dr octopus yeah 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 um next next musical on my list muppet treasure island I don't think I ever saw that one. Now I have seen Muppets Take Manhattan, which is a good musical. That dead, and I love the very dead, first Muppet dead movie. Tom's dead. Dead you Tom's always him. been dead. That's why they call him Dead Tom. It just that movie's just freaking hilarious to me. And it's it's kind of I mean it's it's lighter and quicker than the previous Muppet movies. Mm-hmm. And you know Which were were so very heavy and, and laden with subtext. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've got Orson Welles showing up in I, the Muppet movie. I'm, That's got to tell I'm you meaning, something. I, I mean, as far as pacing, because, oh. you know, the, the jokes that take I remember a little bit watching, longer for the payoff. watching the Muppet movie with subtitles with a guy and to really trying to go into the Truffaut-like back, backstory. And <laughs> everybody's everybody's of, smoking. What is Miss Piggy and... really saying? Now, I think <laughs> Miss Piggy is a statement on, you know, both merchandising and, and, and never mind. <laughs> Yes, so Muppet and Treasure Island for me. She's not kosher. All right, Matthew, next on your list. My next on my list actually has something in common with your last choice. Um, if you remember Dirk Diggler singing his his little yes. uh, you singing got career, the touch dun, dun, the, the dun, first place that I saw that power. song was in the next movie on my list, as it referred to a young lad named Hot Rod and his his journey. To become the leader of his people, it, it's almost mm. it, it, it's almost a story like like the, the Bible itself. It's it's the man Moses who rose from the bulrushes, but in, he's a forty foot transforming robot. Transformers the movie from yes. nineteen eighty five, not yes. the shield the animated, buff- the animated one, the animated version with Leonard Nimoy, yeah. with uh, Lionel Stander, with uh, Orson uh, Welles, right? 
Orson Welles' last role was oh, as man, Unicron. Really? Wow. And it takes, I mean, it, it, it takes, at the very beginning, you're like, oh, it's another episode of the Transformers. And then in the first five minutes, Optimus Prime is fatally murdered on screen. He's stabbed in the back like fucking Richard III and left <laughs> to die. Wow. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge void of power. And I remember, you know, kids crying in the theater because Optimus was dead. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you go through the whole thing where it, it, the Transformers are cursing. There's oh, do they whole, curse in that? I don't, I've this, never seen the movie. i got to be oh, honest with this, you. There's this Not wonderful moment where fan. Ultra Magnus is trying to get the, the Matrix of Leadership to open and, you know, to save them to light their darkest hour. And Ultra Magnus is voiced by Robert Stack. And he's like, open, damn it, open. Ah, and, cool. Oh, it's just an awesome moment. And there's... Um, there's a, a really powerful sequence where all of the Transformers from the cartoon are killed on panel. Oh, excellent. And it's just, it's very dark and it's very awesome. And it has that cool soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and again, just the whole setup that all throughout it, you think Ultra Magnus is going to get it. And then... And it, it turns out to be the kid. It turns out to be, it's, you know, it's like Star Wars in a way. Luke Skywalker stepping forward. Or it's the story of, you know, the young apprentice becoming the master Rodimus Prime. Rodimus Prime. Which is my porn name, by the way. (laughs) Number (laughs) number five on my list, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Of all of the movies, that's the one that I love the most because it's really so innocent. It's really so groundbreaking. It is dirty, unlike Empire and Return of the Jedi, which are shiny. It's got all practical effects or, you know, the digital effects that they did use were done well, but it's certainly not the first three episodes. I just love the whole journey of the discovery. I mean, this is really this is really the the tale of the journey. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. And I will sit down and watch it anytime it's on. It's an archetypical story. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's why I like it. Yeah. yeah. And even more so than the other ones, it's much more self-contained, I find. Yeah. And yeah. All, all the characters you know, you know the pirate, you know the old knight, you know right. the young the young journeyman, right. you know the princess. It all makes sense. Even if you, you have no idea what's going on in the story, you can piece it together. Um, my next movie on my list, An American Werewolf in London. Ooh. Fantastic. Funny, tragic, great special effects, Scary. frightening. Good Lord. Wasn't that Stan Winston that did that? It was the John Mos- Landis. Oh, John. No, no, no. But I mean oh. the creature effects. Stan Winston did the effects. Yeah. Did he do that? Okay. He just died recently. Sad. Yeah. Okay. But it's just, I mean, so many great things where you can just, I mean, an Amer- like you can write a textbook out of that movie on how to make a movie. You can write it on how to make a werewolf movie. You know, a werewolf movie has to be a tragedy. There can't be redemption. That's right. that's the point, you know. It, it's this feral thing that is eventually going to overtake you. How to write a horror movie. Don't show the monster. Don't show the monster until the very end. You right. know, all this great stuff. All this angst. All this tragedy. And all of these hilarious scenes. Great love scene in it, too. I mean, it just has everything. I will sit and watch this movie twice in a row. <laughs> Matthew? Next up, <laughs> one of the ones that, that really stuck with me, I saw it once when I was about 19 on cable in the middle of the night, Heathers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Story of a high school backstabbing. I will watch that movie. It's the last time for me that, um, 
what's his face was cool. Um, Slater, little, yeah, Slater. Christian Slater is the epitome of high school cool. I wanted to be that kid until I was about twenty two years old. Although, what was the pump up the volume? I thought was a better role for him as far as the anti as the anti hero. I didn't care for pump up the volume because I didn't care about the character the way I did about Veronica Sawyer. Yeah. But it's got, I mean, it's got those high school moments where even the cool kids aren't cool. Even the cool kids have shit going on in their head and are trying so hard and trying too hard. And it gets to the end and he blows himself up and his girlfriend lights a cigarette off his burning remains. Yeah. God, that's dark. That's so awesome. Number four on my list. I forced the wife to watch it this weekend because it was Father's Day. Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> I Kurt Russell, brilliant. Lopan, brilliant. Uh, the little guy, brilliant. The monsters, the fights, the whole mysticism of here's the outsider coming into the magical world of the Chinese underground. Great story. Great John Carpenter music. Great John Carpenter directing. Love it. Love it. And if you haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China... You're doing yourself a disservice. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I take it you guys don't like that movie very much. Um, <laughs> I've actually done myself a disservice. I've never seen You've all never of... seen Big Trouble in Little China? I, I've you know, seen the part where Snake Plissken fights Raiden. But I've I was, never, never and, sat and again, down. I'm I'm so happy for that blue lightning bolt effect. Yes. That it was that it was doing so well. You know, the eighties was really yes. the time for that blue lightning bolt effect. Yes. It was riding high, but then it was nineteen ninety so, and everything came ooh, crashing down. It's, it's kinda like so, Boogie Nights. It's so cheese yeah. and fun is what it is. Big it trouble is in little so China crazy. Is all and the dialogue's great. Yes. Um let's see, next on my list, uh The American Astronaut. You guys ever hear about that? I saw low the astronaut bud- farmer. That's yeah, not that one. The American astronaut is a low budget, rock, basically rock opera about this astronaut trying to get the genetic material of a girl to a planet where she can, where they can put her together so she can mate with the population. Wow! It is absolutely absurd, ridiculous. The music is great. Um, it's just totally insane it's everything you want out of an independent flick it's in black and white i mean clearly because they didn't have the money to make it in color (laughs) it's just absolutely amazing if you guys get a chance to check it out please go out and check it out the american astronaut not seen it matthew uh next up for me is one that's probably more suitable to rodrigo's list but it really sticks with me it's my only musical unless you count transformers (laughs) the movie Mm -hmm. uh the people hated it because it was not really a faithful adaptation. I love Rent. Oh, yeah? I can't. Hmm. I cannot turn away from Rent. Today I was driving into work and I was singing the just singing to myself in my Oldsmobile, singing the point where Roger first meets Mimi and his little you know rock ditty to her. It's a wonderful story. It's very 1990. Yeah. It's very, Edgy, trendy, you know, smart kids in the village with no money and all the people that I kind of wished that I was in college but was neither smart nor broke enough. <laughs> or or, you know, or didn't or have enough AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> yeah. And it, it has – everybody has AIDS. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's really well done and it has Rosario Dawson at her very most lickable. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. all in all, it's, it's one of those – it's the perfect thing for me. My wife hates it, hates it, hates it, hates it. Of course, she's probably seen two-thirds of it 57 times. 
<laughs> now, I don't know why I don't have uh, Army of Darkness on this. It must be one that's just slipped off my, my tin list. But my number three is another movie that I just adore so much that I'll force the wife to watch, and she'll do it because she loves me. She went so far as to buy an original shooting script of this wow. movie because I love it so much. It's They Live, also from John Carpenter. I mean, alien invasion that's brainwashing you into believing everything is okay, but it's this underground movement with secret glasses and contacts that let you see the oh, aliens yeah. for who they are. It's got Rowdy Roddy Piper fighting the mas- – not the Master Chief, but the uh, the head captain from Halo in it. Oh, <laughs> man. That was parodied in a uh, South Park episode, Cripple Fight. Uh, right. <laughs> it's got the best line of all lines in any movie – I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, yes. and I'm all out of bubblegum. Got, that's got to be one of the best lines in any movie. It's so cheesy, and it's so steeped in the 80s type of, you know... Red scare paranoia. Not really, not really red scare, but the whole, the whole idea is that the rich are getting... It's Really, it's steeped in Reaganomics is what mm. it is, because the rich keep getting richer, the poor keep getting poorer, the country is in shambles because of something, and it's because people are being brainwashed from what they see on TV. It's basically the television's always sending out these messages, sleep, sleep, obey, 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 and it's because there's these aliens that are sending out these signals that cause us not to see the aliens for who they really are, which look like a bunch of zombies. Nice. Uh, but it's... It is another movie that I just love watching all the time. Plus boobies. It's got two boobies at the end. Nice. All right, let's see what's next for me. Eh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I like that movie, too. So hilarious. It's, it's, I think, one of the few movies right up there with um, An American Werewolf. But even more so Shaun of the Dead, which will just scare the crap out of you and make you laugh within the same scene. Right. It's just incredible. And the best... One of the best uses of a Queen song that I've seen, just beating the crap out of a guy to yeah. Mr. Fahrenheit, or yeah, uh, yeah. is that what it's called? Is that what the title of the song is? I, I think it is. is, but yeah. But yeah, it's just amazing. Oh, don't stop me. It's just freaking insane. It's, it is, it's a zombie movie, and it's a comedy. It's not yeah, it's uh, a comedy movie spoofing and, yeah. a zombie movie. No, movies. it's not, because... It's a, it's a zombie. Well, because, you know, the first half, it's like, oh, this is so hysterical, this is so hysterical, this is funny. And then when they get in the bar, then you're like, okay, this is not funny anymore. This is like a horror yeah. horror movie. Absolutely. And, like, people die, people you care about die. Yeah. It's, it's, and then it comes around at the end being a, a comedy again, where he's yeah. got his best friend in the, in the shed playing Absolutely. video games. Matthew, you're number three. My number three, in no particular order. Um, one that I have only ever been able to catch on cable three or four times, but every time, even when it came on at three in the morning, I sat and I watched every frame and loved it. Todd Browning's Freaks, probably the oldest movie oh, on any of our one lives. One of us. One, one of us. us. One of us. Google. Google, 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 Google. 1933, and a horrifying movie. Oh, and that's a spooky movie because you know those you, people are real. You can't look away. They're real people, and it's not like you, you talk about your practical effects. There's no makeup in that film. Jesus. That when you movie, see an, an, an armless I, man. I, I refuse like, to watch that movie because it so freaks me out. Oh, it's Just terrible. Just seeing the, the still images that I've seen from the movie in, in yeah. film books and stuff, I'm like, I don't want to see that movie. It's going to mess this, with my head. 
beautiful scene at the end where they're all coming towards one of the characters and they're they're coming after her she's finally betrayed them she's betrayed the the you know the sweet uh, little little person who's like three feet tall mm-hmm. and you see a scene where the man who billed as the human inchworm has no arms and no legs and he's essentially a head with about a fo- three foot torso yeah. he's crawling through the mud with a knife in his mouth and yeah. it's horrible <laughs> until you until you think about what the hell is he going to do with that thing when he gets to her? <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares no now. He's got no hands. I'm going to have but, nightmares now. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful movie. You need to is, watch it, it is, instead of night. It is actually, in fact, a beautiful movie, though. I mean, it's just so well done. Um, let's see what I got here. Oh, next. I've got to do my, do oh, yeah. my number, do two. number two. Number two, again, I don't really care for the other two in the series, but I will sit down and watch the first one again and again and again, Back to the Future. Save yeah. the clock tower! Save the clock tower! Marty, you gotta come back with me. There's something wrong with your kids. One point twenty-one. It's your kids, Marty! There's 1. something wrong with your kids! Gigawatts. Oh, it's just... Uh, everyone knows the movie. If you haven't seen it... I don't know what's wrong with you if you haven't seen it, but... Man, Back to the Future. And it's one that is a... You know, what I didn't like about Empire Strikes Back was that it was very slick. Um, the first Back to the Future movie is very slick. They, they're always watering down the streets. They're always making sure the DeLorean is nice and shiny. All the effects are very, you know, flashy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know. I like that slickness in that movie. But then when you go and look at Back to the Future 2, they really try to overdo the future, which falls apart for me. So I mm-hmm. don't like that. I like the alternate timeline story. But then you also have the old West story in 3, it's okay because of the Clint Eastwood reference, but Back to the Future, the first movie, just does it for me. Yeah. I think I think the first one's definitely the superior one out of the Plus three. Plus Lee Thompson. Ooh. Yeah. Man. Even before K- Caroline in the City, that was hot stuff. <laughs> 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 oh, you have or to Howard the Duck Arrow. Oh, oh, yeah. How, Howard the... I think that was right after uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Yep. And I, right... I and of course, belt. she was also in uh, Space Camp too. So nice. <laughs> Let's see. Again, in no no particular order, but my number two here is um, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou." Oh, I love that movie. Another love musical. That. I love that movie. You're right; it is a musical, and I yeah. that is such. You know, that's a Greek. You know, that's a Greek. That's yeah. It's that's based the on Odyssey, the Odyssey. But, yeah, supposedly. that's the Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, and it's and you look in there and you're like, okay, there's the there's the Cyclops character there's the played by. Yeah, there's the sirens. There's the the journey home. It's Wow, that's another one. One of the only times that I've really looked at George Clooney and went, that boy can act. Yeah, and he does comedy. Because, you know, all I'd seen him in really prior to that was ER Mm -hmm. and Batman. Batman and Robin, which wasn't a comedy. It wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I should just make everybody take a walking tour of my home theater because all those posters that I have up on the wall are some of my favorite Mm -hmm. movies that are on that list. Oh, yeah. Oh, brother, where art thou? Love that. That, yeah. that dialogue is just so snappy. Where it's like, my name's Ulysses Everett McGill, and my traveling companion is Delmer, and this is Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I just we love thought that. they turned you into a frog. <laughs> turned, turned you, you into, into a horny toad. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, the leader from yep. the Hulk movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, Matthew, what's your number two? My number two movie, to me, is one of the greatest movies ever made for less than 20 bucks. Clerks? Clerks. Really? Oh, I picked that one. I love Clerks, and I'll tell you why. The characterization, the whole point of that movie is the the two characters and the dialogue between them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
even to the point where you know it's quotable and it's annoyingly quotable and you know people don't talk like that but you wish they did that that first you know 20 minutes of the film where you know dante is going through his day and these random things are happening and then all of a sudden randall comes in and the whole movie changes yeah they're not actors you know they're not professional they're just well and you know what the first time you see that movie i think brian recommended it to me and i went down to okay video when I was in college and rented it, just laughed and probably watched it 10 times that weekend. And then, you know, I keep watching it every time I get a chance to see it. And I love Kevin Smith's movies. I watched it again a couple weeks ago and I was like, man, this acting is really bad. Yeah, but the dialogue and the direction still hold up really, really well. Yeah. I, I kind of came at it, you know, just thinking like, uh, you know, I'd seen other Kevin Smith. So I'm like, uh, you know, I'd, I've never really liked it. But I, I watched it and it is hilarious. And just like, especially the vignettes that don't have all right. that much to do with the story, yeah. like Berserker. Is, yeah. and is funny. Oh, yeah. It's freaking hilarious. The discussion of Empire Strikes Back where they're yes. talking about they're independent contractors. They didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, all they did was take a government contract. I mean, that's that's all kinds of benefits. Salsa shark. Salsa shark. <laughs> Cage goes in the salsa. Sharks in the salsa. Our shark. We're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, really? That's your number two. Oh, now here we go to everybody's top of the top, the favorite of the faves. Mine's pretty obvious because I just gushed about it a few weeks ago. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Whoosh. Best movie, in my opinion, that I'll sit down and watch anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Don't need to tell you anything more. Indiana we, Jones rocks. We kind of did half a podcast about it. Yeah, so I won't say anything more. <laughs> Rodrigo, you're top of the top. Um, I, here's here's where I show that uh, maybe I am kind of a, well, uh, kind of pretentious stuff. Princess Mononoke. Have I you guys like seen that one, it? too. Yeah. I, I like will, the little the, the tree The little guys. tree spirits, <laughs> yeah. like, twisting their heads. So creepy and so cute at yeah. the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an epic story. Um, a hero who is a total badass, but is still just completely unassuming. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got a guy who is just trying to get everybody to get along. Um, you know, he wants everything to be peaceful, and yet he can take a shot at a guy and remove both arms with yeah. an arrow. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And it's just like, as the movie progresses, you just see that there's no reconciliation be- between these factions. And you're just getting to a... You know, just heading towards a very, very violent climax, and in the end, it's you know the love of the protagonist that pulls it pulls right. it out. It's you know, it's it's like a Disney film, and I don't you know, there's a lot of great Disney films, but it's like a Disney film done right. It's like even more action, even more passion. Well, the fact that for they, everything else, and I don't know which version did you see. Did you see the original Japanese I, Miyazaki, the, or did you see the Disney? I've seen voiceover. I've seen both versions. Okay. And the Disney voiceover is not bad, although you know. Billy Bob Thornton, great guy to watch because he's so flat and deadpan. I think you kind of lose some of that when you see a character. Especially when he goes, I call it a sling blade. Yeah. <laughs> some people call it a Kaiser blade. Kaiser blade. I call it a sling blade. Um, I will out Miyazaki you with Laputa, Kingdom in the Sky. That that movie is just freaking intense. I and love that one. Yeah. That is. Have you ever seen Laputa or Mononoke, uh, Matthew? I have not. Your child, I think your daughter would actually enjoy it. And if you go and do a search on like eBay, you can get the whole Miyazaki collection up to I think what was the one with the uh, the most Howl's up? Moving Castle? No, 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 the one right before that where they she goes into the uh, oh, Carnival Spirit Away. Spirit, Spirit Away. You can I've got 
everything in Japanese with subtitles, so she's going to have to learn to read. Mm-hmm. But I've got them all of his stuff on DVD, and I just I can sit there and just watch just all of them. through. The animation, like th- there's so this thing beautiful. in a Howl's Moving Castle where like Howl is basically falling apart, and this mm-hmm. ooze just starts boiling out of his body, and just like. Nobody else is doing that in animation. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, oh, CG over here. Or, you know, you got your standard techniques for Warner Brothers or Disney animation. Like, he just does things with animation that nobody else is doing. Because yeah. nobody else can even conceive of it, I think. And and really, Matthew, they they have taken a lot of his better movies and put them in English. Disney's re-released them. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, Laputa... Uh, Nadia of the or Nausicaa, Nausicaa. of the Winds, yeah. uh, Princess Mononoke, and Spirited Away all have Disney English releases. I think your daughter would get a kick out of them, and I they're not and they're not you know Spirited Speed Racer animation type an- mm-hmm. anime type stuff. It's we it's, watch Speed Racer together too, so it is top notch animation. Cool. All right, you're the last one, Matthew. List of the list, your best of the best Don't movie care. that you will sit down and watch no matter what. Head. You have uh, no idea what I'm I, talking about. The monkeys, about. right? The monkeys, exactly. Written by Jack Nicholson. Really? Ne- Jack Nicholson and the guys who did five easy pieces, Rafelson and uh, I think it's Bob Rafelson and Bert something, something, something. It's it's at the tail end of the monkeys' popularity. In 66, they had the show. All the teeny boppers loved them. By 68, they were essentially dead in the water. And they did this movie, and I think they pitched it as Let's do a you know a Beatles kind of right romp, hard days you know, night a hard thing, days yeah. night for the monkeys. But Nicholson and Rafelson came up with something completely different and something really fascinating. The movie starts with the band throwing themselves off a bridge, committing suicide essentially, and then the whole movie takes place. It, it's hard to say if it takes place, you know, while they're falling, while they're in the water, whatever is going on. But it's just this endless series of vignettes, and it's all very knowing and very meta. There's a point where one of the characters is talking, and he's angry about something, and he starts talking about how the, you know, the people say we're a plastic band now. Wait till I get done telling them the truth. <laughs> and it, it's it's got such crisp dialogue there's a there's a couple of lines that i will constantly repeat over and over and one of the lines is like the same thing goes for christmas <laughs> that that line is as good as so's your face you can use that anywhere and it's always yeah well you're an idiot well the same thing goes for christmas now what what's, I, what was the uh, drummer's name uh, he mickey went on dolan's. mickey dolan's mm-hmm. no uh who yeah. who was the other one that went on to do some, davy jones no no not davy jones Peter Tork? Not Peter Tork. The other one. By the way. Yes. He's the one that went on to do a whole bunch of other... um, He did did Elephant Parts. He did did Repo Man. Yes. Yes. And Time Rider. Mike's story is fascinating in that he doesn't necessarily have any reason to work. His mother invented liquid paper. Oh, okay. So he's vaguely rich. But this movie is so powerful that I... um, OK Video had one copy that I rented in 1988. And you never returned it. My truck was broken into, so I, uh, I, uh, I'm I telling a story out of school. Okay, video is gone, and I think the statute of limitations is up oh, on yeah. stealing a movie. Seven but my years. truck was broken into, and I put that on the list of claims, things to be replaced. So my car insurance paid okay video the $159. Yeah. Wow. And that's how old I am, $159 for a VHS tape. Yep, that's, that's right. And that's I still right. have that copy right now. I have it. It's on my uh, – it's not a TiVo, but it's on my DVR. 
I caught it on my birthday three years ago. See, happy birthday, man. And it's been on my DVR since my birthday in 2006. It's awesome. Well, I think, in, you know, looking at all our list, I was surprised that we didn't all have similar movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I think everything that you guys mentioned, well, not everything, but, you know, there's certainly a lot of them that fall below my, that would be in my top 20. Right. But I'm surprised that we didn't all have some of the same movies and that kind of lets our listeners know that, hey, we're a wild, diverse yeah. group I mean, of people. I, I, love, I love Star Wars, for example, right. but I think I like it more as the universe of Star Wars. Um, no individual movie. I mean, they're all great. And even, you know, there's stuff that you can just pick out of the prequels, like some of the fight scenes, some of the some of the special effects out of the um, the, the more recent ones where you just look at it. That opening scene on the very on the la- on the latest one mm-hmm. um, where they're just like flying through space and then they join the fight is fantastic. I will watch just that scene yeah, 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 yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Um, and you know, Star Wars is such a big universe for me. Not in any of my top movies, but I mean, I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think uh, going off of what uh, Rodrigo had and what Matthew had, I think the next time we do one of these top ten lists, it'll be our top ten favorite musicals. There you go. That'd be pretty cool. You know, it's a really, really great musical. Cannibal the musical. I was going to say. I've been meaning uh, to Mama see that. Mia. I was going to say Mama Mia. The story of Alfred Pecker. I just, I love that. Isn't it by Matt Stone and Trey Parker? Yep, the boys who do Sound Park. Interesting. Basketball. Yep. And uh, uh, Orgasmo. Orgasmo. (laughs) And Team America. America! Fuck Fuck yeah! yeah! Well, that's that's what I was thinking when you brought up Rent, is everybody has AIDS, (laughs) AIDS, 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 AIDS. Well, the thing that, that, you know, if you look at... All the movies that we have, they're not forgettable. They're not run-of-the-mill. Even if they're freakish and something that was made about transporting girls through space, mm-hmm. they're something that you can connect with on a personal level, whether you're connecting with the creator, with the actor, with the writer, the director. There's something about them that makes them stand out from, hey, look, it's uh, part seven of some schmucky little thing that we want to yeah. make money off of there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Except for Star Wars. Well, but I got the first Star Wars movie. You got only the second Star Wars movie. It's not like we had, you know, uh, Halloween Part 20, right? you know, uh, on our list. Although, wouldn't I hope somebody out there is not offended if I say that's an yeah. awful movie. But, or, you know, <laughs> but I think we'll end it there, and that'll be it for today. And now I get to put this wonderful show together. Yay. What time is it? Uh, it is uh, almost 11 o'clock. All right. So, Rodrigo's out. We're all back here tomorrow, 545, ready 545. to go. We'll make the call to Mark Wade right at 6. Hopefully, he's got an hour's worth of his time. I was told that he spends all day working at home on Wednesdays, so there shouldn't be a problem with any time conflicts. Cool. So, uh, hopefully, we'll have a great hour-long discussion with him. That'll I don't want to be- go any longer than an hour, but I do want to go at least 30 to 45 minutes. That'd be cool. Nice. All right. All right, guys. Thanks so much, Matthew. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, Matthew. Let's see. We could do bands. If you've been paying attention to the show notes, you notice I keep saying uh, 10 days of podcasts that you wanted to hear. All right. So it's nine. I, I can't count. Sorry. Actually, there's one uh, podcast I didn't use just because it was really, really super mean. Uh, and I don't think that we intend to be mean uh, on purpose. Uh, it just kind of came out that way. So we we're going to toss that one aside. But 
Since we are talking about the Crisis on Infinite podcasts, our next new recording goes up uh, Wednesday morning, and we will be discussing as part of our trade paperback review, Crisis on Infinite Earths. It'll be the last in the Crisis on Infinite podcast series, at least for now. I think, what do we got? Uh, uh, Final Podcast Crisis. We've got... uh, uh, Infinite podcast crisis. We've got oh, just so many down the road. I, I just can't uh, can't wait to to get those out there. Don't forget to uh, visit the website majorspoilers.com. If you've got a question, comment, request, dedication, whatever, podcast at majorspoilers.com, and we will see you all of us on the next show. Take care. Stop talking about comic books, or I'll kill you. Rogers.